what is up everyone we got episode two on deck episode one in the books episode one in the books um we have an official we kind of have like more of an official setup right now we got two mics i know i know i well, posted three mics. for anyone who follows me on instagram i just posted a pretty fire pick of uh the setup we have here a lot more official. Um, hopefully, you won't hear you won't hear me uh, banging around the table. Yeah, Mike like was I, fidgeting the whole the whole first episode. It was my podcast debut, and I really didn't know what to do with my hands. What would you give us out of ten in the first episode? I mean, I feel like we rambled a little bit in the first ten to fifteen minutes. You know, kudos to anybody who got through those first ten minutes. We were a little bit uh, in a rambling mode, talking about our bios, but then I feel like we settled in pretty nicely. Yeah, the spicy takes was that was I think that's what settled me in the most. Right. I feel like once we got to the whole sending food back discussion, kind of hit our groove. All right. Let's not let's not toot our own horn too much. We right. got a lot. We got a long road ahead here. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll we'll get into more of a rhythm uh, a little bit quicker this time. Um, but uh, yeah, Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving week. This Thanksgiving is a Thanksgiving week. episode. Food week. You, yeah, you can't really have a food podcast without mentioning, on it, like, with it being Thanksgiving week and not mentioning something about food. So, um, we wanted to start by just doing a little quick, quick Thanksgiving takes. So, overrated, underrated foods. I mean, we're obviously biggest food holiday. The, would you say this is the biggest food holiday of the year? Yeah, I would say you know, for those who celebrate Christmas, obviously that could be a big food holiday, Christmas Eve. But there's really Thanksgiving, Fourth no, I mean, of July with the hot dogs. I mean, there's but there's really no there's no holiday that really revolves around food like Thanksgiving. Right. I mean, you're just you know, for most of us, we're just going to be sitting around watching football, eating. Um, any holiday that revolves around food is pretty good in my book. Right. So we're going to go overrated, underrated foods of Thanksgiving real quick. I know we hear this. There's probably a lot of these takes out there, but uh, I figured this would be a good a good place to start. Okay, so let's start underrated. Underrated foods. Okay, so let's go, Brandon. What's, what's your underrated Thanksgiving food? <laughs> this is a tough one. I mean, I, this is – I would say for me, the thing that's been – in the overrated category for so long has been the turkey. I mean, everyone shits on the turkey as right. like being the part of the Thanksgiving nobody actually wants to eat. But I'm actually kind of back on the underrated side oh, of turkey. So it's I mean, so over it got it, so <laughs> overrated that it's now underrated. Yeah, I, I kind of think it's made that it's it the pendulum has swung back in favor of turkey. I mean, if you do it right, um it, it can be good and it's good comp with with all the other things with it. I mean I you gotta have it with mashed potatoes and gravy and that's that's right. the essentials for me. And those elements together elevates it beyond the normal turkey because i hate when they say it's oh turkey's too dry but you i never would just have turkey on its own right like, you I gotta never, have the gravy on it you have everything I mean, that's like I a just, rookie mistake to i just dry pretty turkey. much just mix up the whole plate like i don't right. want to have the turkey i don't want to even recognize the turkey when i'm putting it in my mouth like it's got to have everything on there you got to have like the swirl with the fork where you pick up the stuffing the gravy the mash and that sort of balances it all out right one thing i will say about turkey is that i feel like it gets hated on so much where I, and then i get to thanksgiving and i have a bite and i'm like this is actually not that bad mm -hmm. like it actually is a good piece of turkey and I feel like it gets so much hate throughout the year. Like, okay, turkeys for amateurs, yeah. and a lot of people do fillets now and stuff like that. But I don't know. I I, I agree with that take. I think I, turkey is 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 a little bit underrated. It's kind of like it's never going to be the star of the show. It's no. almost like the lead actor that's like a little bit a little bit older that that's maybe right. not able to carry it on his own, but there with some a good supporting cast like right. really shines. You know, like you're not going to make him deliver all the big moments in the movie. 
but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna step up when when he needs to. Um, and that's kind of like the turkey of the bunch. Honestly, it's turkey's kind of like the game managing quarterback. Yeah. That like you put a lot, you put enough around him. You put a little stuffing. You put a little mash. You put a star wide receiver, a good running back. He can win a Super Bowl. You can, can win a Super Bowl with turkey. You as can. Your you can win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Honestly, like a little bit Alex Smith ish. Yeah, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Maybe. I mean, do that. not now Flacco, but when he won the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, um, you, you can you can you can go all the way with the sports and food. They mix. Yeah, exactly. You can mix. Um, okay, so my underrated, um, and it's not something that everybody has, but anytime I'm going to a Thanksgiving and they got cornbread, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm a big cornbread guy throughout. We the always year. have cornbread at ours, right? I feel like we've always had cornbread. Um, it is not something that everybody has, but. If there's a basket of cornbread, that's a great start to the Thanksgiving day. Like, I know that I'm in for a good meal. Like, someone knows what they're doing if there's a cornbread basket. Yeah, and we were, we were saying how that, that applies to restaurants, too. When when you, when you like, get a good bread to start the meal, you're like, okay, yeah, here right. we go. Good, like, yeah, yeah. you go to oh, a restaurant, yeah. there's a good bread basket, we're in for a good meal. Right, exactly. We're good for a good meal. Um, Like, anytime there's popovers... At a restaurant, I mean that's just like you pretty much, you know. Right, that's like giving no away brainer. shit for free. Like, yeah, that's, that's like, that's like I sh- a, I'd pay like yeah, fifteen that's bucks like for an appetizer. Yeah. Right, exactly. So um, cornbread, you know, I agree. I think cornbread, it's it's almost in that mix of being almost a dessert as a right. Is it a dessert? Like because it's sweet. It's 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 actually it's it's great. I mean, it doesn't really complement the food very well. The doesn't complement the food. Yeah. Um. You know, you you put a little butter on it, and yeah, it gets a little filling. Um, one thing I will say about cornbread is that if you're doing it, you got to have good cornbread. Don't try that amateur hour, you know, don't put out the cornbread and not have it be great cornbread. Don't go to stop and chop and buy cornbread and think that's going to suffice. You know, Mike don't Eagle try will, will spit on the cornbread. Yeah, I'm not. I will think brand. less of you if you have bad cornbread. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know, you know, you don't need to make it homemade, but, you know, at least test it out a little bit beforehand. Got to put some butter on there. Smell a little it. butter. It's got to be warm when yeah. you get when you serve it. You if, can't you right. can't serve cold, right? You, no, you no, you got to be a little warm. Yeah. I wouldn't like hate on someone who had the cold cornbread because it does take a little bit of preparation. You know, to that heat would it be up. masterful work if but, they're able to get it at the same the right time to get right. the cornbread out when it's warm. I mean, if we're sitting at the table and then I. And then I'm getting a, a basket of like hot cornbread. I I know that the meal's going to be great. There's no way the meal's not good if you get a basket of hot cornbread. Right. So everyone out there, if you if you want to like get off on the right foot, you got it. Starting off with the cornbread, I right. think settles everyone down. Like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. Right. We're we're in good hands here. Right. Pretty much. It's like you know, it's like the Mexican restaurant starting out with the chips and salsa. Great, uh, a great uh, thing of chips and salsa. You're getting off to yeah, a good it's start. It's like homemade chips, homemade really good, chips. really homemade salsa. Like you know, you're you're getting in. If the salsa's bad, you're like, oh, I don't know, yeah. man. Are the tacos going to be good? I'm not really even sure. Yeah. Um. But okay, so that's underrated. So now, what's your what's your um overrated? So, th- I, I I would say dessert for me in this context, um, overrated, just because I don't always even have room for dessert. I mean, I, I, I mean, when you're when you're eating Thanksgiving dinner, I mean, like, it, you don't, you're not able to appreciate the dessert I, portion of take. the meal as much. I mean, part I love dessert. I mean, there's no one saying like I'm number one dessert guy. Like, I, I wish that more people ordered dessert at restaurants. Like, I wish it was, it was, it was yeah. a bigger part of the restaurant. That's a separate discussion. It's a separate discussion. But I just feel like 
in the context of Thanksgiving, I don't appreciate the dessert as much as I would in other contexts. Maybe it's one of those things, maybe like you leave it out for a while and then you can enjoy it in like an hour after the dinner. But I just feel like I, I am eating so much throughout the day, like uh, sweets and non-sweets that dessert's almost like, okay, I just need like it, it, it's it's just it's it's overload. It's a little bit. It's a little overload for me. Yeah, and then you know, if if I know there are a couple desserts lurking, I'm always like, okay, do I have that extra bite of stuffing? If I see like a dessert off in the off in the corner, mm-hmm. you know, I will say that that will mess with me a little bit. If I see there's like a couple pies off in the distance, I'm like, okay, maybe I should take a step back and like you know reevaluate how much I'm going to be eating off this plate. But I agree. I think desserts can be very um, can be very overrated just because, you know, they're not just they're not almost necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're going to have the cornbread like we were just talking about. You know, right? The, the, the cornbread is your dessert, pretty I know. much. A lot of cornbread talk, but um, there's going to be some people listening that are like, "I hate cornbread. Why are they talking about cornbread?" Wait, wait, wait for a Thanksgiving food take. Yeah, to have cornbread be the main like, yeah majority we, of the conversation. Why am I listening to ten minutes on cornbread? Right. I know. Um, but uh, but no, I, I I agree with that take. I think that I think that um, desserts, you know, they're not totally necessary on Thanksgiving. If you have a good like pumpkin pie or apple pie, um, I still I still think it could be a nice you know cherry on top. Not to use the dessert pun, but I'm, I would once real quick. If I'm going to be more specific, pumpkin pie probably would be my. I I, I don't even really get the appeal of pumpkin pie. The very yeah, the very, uh, pumpkin I mean, anything. I'm not really bought in on this time of year. I haven't had a ton of it. I will. I gotta be honest. Haven't had a ton of it. Um, I haven't had. I don't think I've had like unbelievable pumpkin pie. Um, it's funny. Uh, we were just. I just was talking about this with Jack on the other night about what their favorite pie was, and she mentioned pumpkin. And I was thought to myself, I like pumpkin, but I don't know. Like maybe I haven't had like someone that's made great pumpkin. Right. Like, maybe I haven't been to someone's place that's made great uh, pumpkin. Um, but. Yeah, I mean pie in general is great, but you know I uh, I do agree with the take on de- on dessert. Um, I might have a little bit of a controversial one. Okay. Overrated mashed potatoes. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, I just think it's so such an essential part of the. So here's my reasoning. I I like mashed potatoes. Going to a steakhouse, I'm always going to get that as a side. That's a no brainer. I I just feel like. For Thanksgiving, it's like overplayed. It's the it's like the song on the radio that I've heard a lot, and like I need a little bit of creative, you know, a creative uh, spin on mashed potatoes at this point. If someone's just got a, like a garlic mashed, I'm not remembering it. It's yeah. almost like it's it's there. It's gonna fill me up. Um, you know, if you do something like. Um, I'm trying to think you put some bacon bits in there or you do some cheddar or like a twice bake, like stuff like that um, can really mix it up. But just a regular mashed potato, you know, if you do a sweet potato, that's okay. Now I'm noticing. That's a different thing though. That's a different thing. That I would, is say, different... I would say normal mashed potatoes, it's almost like I can't think of turkey without the mashed potatoes. So those two are like one dish for me. That's kind of it's... maybe what I was saying was underrated was that combination more than right. anything. Um, and mashed potato for me, mashed potatoes is like the perfect complement to any protein. Like I, I could do that right. with, with any meat. Um, and I, I, it, it automatically enhances the dish when you add mashed potatoes. And I'm not saying they're bad. This is an overrated underrated. This is not yeah, overrated. Right. It's not bad. Right. This is just like, uh, you know, something that gets, a, gets a little bit too much love. Um, you know, and, and, uh, 
you know, it, it they're so filling too. You know, mashed potatoes. I feel like you know, I don't yeah, know. I, it's not going to star on its own. I mean, it's 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 just a filler. So you of. know, for all you guys out there that that serve mashed potatoes, you know, spice it up a little bit. You know, don't just do the garlic mash. You know, everyone can do that. A restaurant can do that. I'm fine with it. So if okay, you're out or there, or just fine with it, or yeah. just <laughs> or just be fine with it. Um, but if you're inviting me to a Thanksgiving dinner and you just have the regular mashed. I'm going to like it. I'm going to eat it. But afterwards, I'm not going to talk about it. I don't think you need to talk about the mash. Yeah, I probably... Yeah, that's true. Stuffing stuffing might be the one thing that you're like, oh, that's stuffing. Like, there's not that many things that stand out on their own that you're like, yeah. oh, how good was that stuff? And you're never going to say yeah, how good is that turkey. You're never going to say yeah, how good oh, is that mashed that potatoes. That turkey was unbelievable. You're gonna, like, or yeah, the, yeah. the green beans. Oh, my God. Yeah, how good right. are those green beans? Yeah, the stuffing usually is like, it can be amazing. Right. If, if you have great stuffing. Yeah, I think that's, that's the make or break. And no one is ordering stuffing throughout the entire year. I mean, that's not just... That's you don't... another thing. Why the hell are people not ordering stuffing the entire yeah, year? Yeah, I will say that, you know, we were sort of coming up with things on this topic, and I did say to Brandon uh, before the show, I said, you know, wait, why aren't people ordering stuffing more often throughout the year? I know I'm not like... It's not like I'm the biggest stuffing fan, but why is that just a one-day-year thing? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a whole... Yeah, that's... that's. I mean, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But, okay, yeah. All right, so good, you know, hopefully we didn't bore anybody. If they, you know, we they can you guys can hopefully fast forward through this if you don't like any cornbread talk, but cornbread. um but yeah, that was our Thanksgiving minute slash if you, if 15 ever, minutes. If you just know now know that if you're ever inviting Mike for dinner, you just if you don't have cornbread then yeah, or it, if you know. Be- no, I can have a great time, but if you do have cornbread, I'm probably overstating my love of cornbread. <laughs> my whole point Big was cornbread that cornbread guy. No, I'm I like cornbread, but I will say it just can really make Thanksgiving meal. Okay. 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 So now this transitions us into something that we're going to do every week, which we mentioned last week. Um, It's the best, basically the best of the week. And this is going to span beyond food. Um, It's going to go into TV, podcasts, music, anything. Um, The best thing we ate, the best thing we watched, the best thing we listened to. Um, So we'll start. I'll, I'll, I'll ask Mike, best thing that you ate? in the past week all right so this really you know anytime i have this it's probably going to be my best of the week um you know last week uh uh, jacqueline and i were in for a night and we were just you know we were tired um it had been a long day and we ordered the one thing that always hits the spot and it's shake shack and for anyone that has not had shake shack you have to go try it it's not fast food it's actually really high quality uh it's 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 not even like i won't even compare it to fast food i mean you've had shake shack plenty it's not even like people just think of it wrong Mm. shake shack is so high quality i had a double shack burger um the regular burgers are a little on the small side for anyone that's like ordering it for dinner you definitely want to go double um it's just so amazing and we always whenever we have it we're always we always look at each other and we're like this is just amazing, and the fries, and with the like fri- a, the fries, I would say is the one weakness of Shake Shack. The fries aren't like unbelievable. Like the, I don't really like crinkle cut usually, um, but they serve um, the they, they get they the do, job done. They get the job done. Um, Jacqueline actually had a chicken dog, which we tried for. Oh, we, had, been, that's one thing yeah, I have not and, tried. Um, that was excellent, but the double shack burger, it just you know, Shake Shack. They have it's it's high quality meat. They get the the meat from Pat Lafrida, which which is a uh, well known in New York. They um, they service a lot of steakhouses and they provide the meats for a lot of uh, different places in New York. So 
Um, you know, Danny Meyer, who we talked about last week, you know, someone that has come from fine dining. He started Shake Shack because he sort of had this philosophy like, why does a fast food place have to not use good ingredients? Um, so they got the the burger on the potato bun, which is great. And it's just it's it's an amazing experience. And I and um, I am not overstating it. It's, yeah, no, it's I mean- a great, great uh, it's a great burger. And I. You know, I could have picked a, a real restaurant item for this best thing I ate, but I just, you know, I picked the thing that made me feel the best. I feel that's like sometimes that's overlooked. Like that, some people, you sometimes you overthink it. You know, you overthink right. what you're going to grab for dinner. And Shake Shack is very consistent. I think that's the one thing that um, Danny Meyer has kind of set the bar is for high quality, consistent, even though he's expanded so quickly with Shake Shack, like it's now like in every country pretty much. Right. The the quality is is pretty much consistent wherever you have it. And it's really hard. Like I don't think people understand how hard it is to to train people, to get people to buy into it, to get the right ingredients that's locally sourced, like, you know, make sure the quality is is the same at every location. Like that's the one one of the reasons why like In N Out Burger has not expanded is because they're afraid of losing the quality um, along with the expansion. So right. I think that the shout out, you know, being able to have, even if it isn't the best burger you're going to have, it's it's just that consistent quality. You know what you're getting when you're going into a Shake Shack. Right. And it was really hard for them. Um, you know, I've read his, uh, you know, I've read about his story and the Shake Shack story, and it was very hard for them to even open a second location. You know, they, they were so concerned with with keeping the high quality, but they've obviously mastered that. Great experience. I know there aren't a lot of Shake Shacks in the Massachusetts area, but I know for anyone listening in New York and other cities, there there are plenty to go around. Um, it's it's a it's a great burger. Um, so that's that's all. <laughs> Mike I'll say loves about that. cornbread and Shake Shack. Yeah, cornbread and Shake Shack. I mean, that's just that's a great meal. That's that's an ideal meal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay. So best thing I ate now. All right. Yeah. What's the best thing you ate? Mine's like not as exciting. I feel like I this was yesterday actually, or yeah, two days ago um during football i got i ordered from the all-star sandwich bar in summer in in cambridge okay and got the sandwich called the mr miyagi sandwich pulled pork glaze like this it was like a, it was basically like a banh mi type of like sandwich which for me like being in a, you know southeast asia i had like a million banh mi so like anything that can kind of bring me back over there um definitely something i'm gonna vouch for but um it was just Honestly, just recommend if you're in that in the Cambridge area, All Star Sandwich Bar, really good. And shout out Matt Trilly because I told him I would I would mention it on the podcast because we we both had a really good sandwich. Okay, he, he had a different sandwich. So, um, big sandwich guy. I love. I is, that's the one thing is we were talking about is when you find a really good sandwich place. Mm, I think like I've underrated. been searching for it in yeah. Cambridge. Like I haven't found like a really good deli or sandwich place. When you find that one that's close by to you. It checks a lot of boxes. Like it, it makes your life a lot easier. When it's always oh, kind of like my baseline yeah. go-to, like a place that you know can put together a good sandwich. It, it's just it, it's a nice luxury to have. I know. You know, we've like kind of struggled finding a place like that in the seaport. I mean, it is so clutch to have a good sandwich place, and you know that. All right, at least I can order from there. Right. That's exactly. a, that's a good one. Wait, can I tell a quick story about the Mister Miyagi? The oh. Mrs. Miyagi. Oh God, yeah. Oh right, the Mrs. Okay. Miyagi okay, story. Okay, because I just this just came to me. <laughs> Um, so Brandon and I, uh, were, we were in Australia about what, three years ago. Yeah. About three years ago, Brandon was there for Spotify and I kind of came along, tagged along. 
Um, we're at this uh, Japanese restaurant, and the drink menu is all in Japanese. It's got the ingredients in English, but the, the drink names are in Japanese. Brandon orders this drink, points to it on the menu. It's, it's in it's in Japanese. It's in Japanese. The waitress says, are you sure you want to order that drink? That's the Mrs. Miyagi. And she said, I, we've never had, we've actually never had a guy order that drink. That's exactly right. what she said. She to goes, me. you're the first guy ever to order that drink. And at that point, I mean, rattled Brandon rattled. I mean, first of all, I was dying and Brandon then had to decide like, all right, do I become the first man like to order the drink? Do I become the Neil Armstrong I, of, of, of Mrs. Miyagi's? <laughs> And I decided to back down. Yeah. I backed down hard. Back but down. I think that's a big learning for me. I think now, be looking back at that moment in my life, I would have gone for it. I would have. Yeah. Why, why, why did I back down? I have no idea. It, was, it looked delicious. And, and I probably I, settled for a worse drink after that. Yeah, and it actually sounded like a pretty good drink. That's It was very fruity, I think. I think it was, yeah, there were some fruits involved. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also don't really, I never really understood why the waitress had to say that. Like, just let the guy order the drink. Yeah, it was a little emasculating. Yeah, I mean, she was, I mean, the look she gave Brandon was like, oh my God, we finally had someone order a drink, a guy order this drink. Uh, so that was, all right, so that that was just a quick aside. She should have she told me after I already ordered she it. She should have just said, I like, just want to. she brought the drink. I mean, they were like willing to put your picture on the wall, I think. Yeah, I dude. think you were going to be like the first guy ever to right. order. It would like, maybe get the drink named after me. Yeah, right. Like he's been the only one ordering this. Um, but yeah, so that was just you know when I saw the name Mr. Miyagi, I just thought I thought of the same thing. The I, Mrs. Just I just didn't want to bring it up. One day we'll go back. We'll order the. We'll just both order the Mrs. Miyagi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First two guys to order it. Okay, so next up, best thing we watched. Okay. Okay. Let's start with you. Okay. We'll do snake I'll start. draft. Okay. I watched a lot of things this week, okay. and. A lot of I watched three movies actually. Oh God! Um, okay, yeah, I know, you, and it, you know this is one of these free things, time much. I, can't, I, I went. I okay. Another shout out. Going to movies alone, a, a great experience. I, oh, I under, recommend it. Underrated. Underrated. Like, just amazing, especially yeah. for certain movies. So, I haven't done it in probably like six years, but I will. I don't single single life. No, I here. don't uh, disagree with it. No, I and I, I have no movie. shame. I I love it. Just kind of get in my corner and uh, you know just lay back. It was reclining chairs. I saw the movie I saw alone was Waves. So it's one of these limited release movies that I heard a lot of hype about. I think Bill Simmons tweeted about it, and it's a family drama in Florida, and it's by this director. Um, Trey, what's his name again? I think Edward, it's uh, Trey, Trey Edward, Trey Edward Schultz. Schultz. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, unbelievable. I mean, I really, uh, no one has has seen it, so it's really hard to talk about it with anyone. It's just one of these things. That I'm alone on this island. Um, but I was pretty much crying the whole second half of the movie. Uh, it was wow. It was an emotional. So you were alone in the theater, <laughs> crying. I was the guy crying in the corner. I mean, there was definitely like a couple in front of you that was yeah. like, "There's just like this guy crying know, behind I us." I like, put the whole like, I put like my coat on the chair next to me to like maybe he's holding the seat for someone. That's a good move. <laughs> that, I I respect that move. That's, if you're going to a movie alone, it kind of like it, it just it's it's like an intro to going to a movie alone is like just put it put it something put on a coat the, down. Put a coat down. Put a coat people. down. Like, maybe she's in the bathroom or something. Yeah, right. She's in the bathroom. Anyone in the theater, they're like, "Oh no, no." That guy's not alone. Right, he's not alone. I've yeah, seen like her whole movie, but movie alone. she had an emergency. Maybe she had to leave. Yeah, right. She had to leave um, early. Exactly. Um, no, she so, was just so upset by the, yeah, the waves. She was so that's yeah, exactly. 
I was almost ready to leave. I couldn't. It was, so it's it was not an ocean-based movie. No, nothing. It's, okay, it's, nothing to do. No, with the it's ocean. metaphorical. Okay, so metaphorical. yeah. All right, read a book. All right. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I thought it was a Moby Dick yeah, adaptation. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh it's a family drama, and it the soundtrack is amazing. I mean, if you know me, anytime that Frank Ocean's in the soundtrack, um, I don't even watch the movie. I just, okay, so it was for, <laughs> oh Frank Ocean. <laughs> Frank Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Waves, waves. Frank Ocean. Yeah. Uh, so great movie um won't say much about it but just go see it please it's probably going to be an oscar type of movie um it's one of those that you you go and not knowing anything about it um parasite another fantastic movie um saw that recently won't say anything about that other than go see it um i saw that with people though yeah it's a little bit of a different experience um and then finally i been watching i watch on netflix i watched uh the new paul rudd Paul Rudd living with yourself. Okay, what'd you think? Yeah, it was good. It's okay. it um it started off a little bit like it was a little bit too far fetched for me, but it settled in. Right. Obviously, the publicity has come from the Brady scene, <laughs> right around Tom here, Brady. especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, worth seeing. I would okay. yeah, I, I would say worth seeing. The other two movies, the two movies that I saw, like must must see. Like okay. if, if if you you have time, um, you won't be disappointed going to see those movies. So that that's me. Um, now, yeah, Mike, what do you got? Okay, so the best thing I watched, it's actually a rewatch. Um, we rewatched, there's a show on Netflix called Seven Days Out. Um, it chronicles, there's like, I think, six episodes. It chronicles the seven days leading up to a particular event. Like there's one on the dog show. There's one on, um, I think, a uh, like the space station episode. Um, so it's a, it's a particular event. Uh, this one, um, it is, it's again, it's food related as all my best of are. Um, it's the opening or the reopening of 11 Madison in New York. Um, so this is a restaurant in New York that, uh, it got best restaurant in the world. Um, and then it closed down. They wanted to close it. They wanted to redo the restaurant. Um, these, these two guys had bought the restaurant from Danny Meyer, um, another Danny Meyer reference. And, they had sort of uh, they wanted to turn it into like their own type of place. They closed it down, and this was the reopening. So it chronicles the seven days leading up to it. Um, really fascinating look at sort of what goes into redesigning a restaurant, uh, the stresses of opening when you only have so much time to do everything. Um, it's it's really for anyone that kind of wants to learn about the industry. Really great rewatch, um, or sorry, really great watch rewatch for me. Um, so yeah, it was the second time I've seen it. I just sort of I had seen it a while ago, and I I just was in the mood to to check it out again. But yeah, the show's called Seven Days Out. Uh, really, really great, really great uh, episode. A couple good uh, Netflix recommendations there. Yeah. All right. So best thing we listen to. This will we'll keep this short. But yeah, we'll is keep anything, this short. Yeah. It, yeah. Podcast wise. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always listening to the Dave Chang show again about food. Um, He's he's he always brings in interesting chefs. He had one on this uh, this past week, uh, Marco Canora, who had worked with him in New York. And it was all about uh, his life and going from restaurant to restaurant, all about what he's up to today. Um, Worth a listen. Um, It's a good, easy, you know, if you're on your you know commute home or commute to work, it's uh, it's a very easy listen. And I always like to. I always like to kind of get a sense of these chefs, you know, that he knows and what they've, how they sort of got started and all the jobs they've had. I think it's, it gives you a little bit more perspective on when you go to a restaurant with some of these guys in the kitchen go through to get to these uh, positions. Um, so a good, a good listen. Um, you know, nothing, nothing crazy this week for me in terms of listening. How about you, Brandon? Um, so in terms of podcast listening, uh, shout out Liz, 
uh, my old coworker Liz Fitzgerald, she she uh, sent me this Con- Conan Needs a Friend, Paul Rudd episode. Great, oh yeah, great yep. episode. Anything with Paul Rudd. That's a great podcast, by the way. Great, great podcast. Yeah. Like I I don't listen to it enough, but the Paul Rudd episode specifically just had me like dying laughing. Like he's just it's just he's just there's something about Paul Rudd that like I, my living with yourself the two Paul Rudd references. I know you're big on Paul Rudd this big week. Big Paul Rudd. That's guy. your cornbread. That's my cornbread yeah. of the week um yeah big paul rudd yeah paul rudd i feel like has this like calming um nature about him i feel like he's just like a nice guy I yeah think that like all of his movies kind of reflect that it just makes you feel like warm inside yeah no he's a great i mean he's a great actor and he seems like a pretty genuine person like a guy you just love to grab a beer with yeah exactly so i'm sure that's reflected in the podcast mm-hmm. but yeah that's another great one for anyone interested in um, a podcast he interviews a lot he has a lot of great guests i saw like howard stern was on one week yeah he's and, he's, he's had a lot of a lot of good, bill Hader had a good one I yeah think. will ferrell was a good one ellen degeneres was on this past week i saw so, yeah definitely worth checking out yeah um he's got a lot of good a lot of good guests um so yeah right. so um, that was our best of the week so we'll try to like keep those pretty fresh and you know and and uh and we'll always we'll try to we'll try to run through those every week just sort of our you know what do we what do we like what do we eat that we liked what do we listen to um, anything i guess just a preview of upcoming anything you got slated for the next week that you're like targeting to check out in any of ooh. those categories I mean, best thing I ate could oh, be yeah. Thanksgiving right. related. Thanksgiving. Could yeah. be Thanksgiving yep. related. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it, we'll it's see. the cornbread. Best thing I watched, um, Irishman out on Friday. Oh. Could be something that I'm checking out this so week. So that's been in theaters. Now it's moving to Netflix. Right. Also, uh, shout out Jonathan Goldstein, who told me to watch the uh, Seth Meyers uh, Netflix special. That's good. Yeah, apparently it's really good. Oh, that's another and one. You I'm, check I'm out. actually planning on. I I said I was going to watch it this past weekend, but didn't get uh, to watch that. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out this past or this next weekend. Um, maybe that'll be my best thing I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that was our best of, and the weekend is dropping new music oh. tonight. So okay. that could be my best thing I listen to. Okay, so that's a little preview. Nice little preview. We'll see. Hopefully, he had his heart broken and he sings about it. Yeah, that's, I'm that's sure that's weekend. Every song, every pretty all the good all the good stuff songs. So okay, so now moving on to kind of a little bit of a pre spicy take segment, which we're gonna specifically because we've been seeing all these tweets flying around about controversial takes on in different areas we've seen it with with tv movies and we saw one with food and it's caused some uproar there's been right there's been some uproar but mike you want to read the uh read the tweet yep so i was thinking we're gonna try to do some food news every week on this podcast um and when i was going through some sort of news of the week i kept coming back to this tweet that's kind of gone viral um it's got like sixteen thousand likes and two thousand retweets it's a guy who uh, it's a guy by the name of John Becker who I don't even know who that is, but his <laughs> shout twi- out John Becker. Shout out John Becker. His tweet went viral, and I kept seeing people on my timeline uh, quote tweet this. His tweet is, "Please quote tweet this with your most controversial food opinion." I love controversial food opinions. So, just to give you a sense of some of the replies, like someone responded, "Cupcakes aren't that great." I kind of agree with that. Which Brandon kind of kind of agrees with. Someone responded with cheese pizza is the only good pizza. You know stuff that's like you're kind of you're kind of out on an island by yourself. You you're going against the grain. Um, someone said I like to eat steak with ranch instead of barbecue sauce. Which I mean <laughs> yeah, that's, that's serial killer. That's talk. that's wild. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, yeah, that's really bad. Um, and, you know, I, I see someone says boneless wings are an embarrassment. Lettuce is crunchy water, which I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It's kind of true. No, that is true. Um, and then another person said lettuce serves no purpose. So I guess lettuce is a big. No, uh, I mean, lettuce doesn't. It really uh, doesn't. I have them on. It, it's like a, an accessory to a sandwich. Someone says carrot cake is an abomination. Carrots need to know their place. I don't know if they've really I agree chosen with, to be in the dessert. But, I agree with that. I um, don't really see the point of carrot cake. So, all in all, um, I, I thought it would be a good idea to give our controversial food takes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so I'm gonna start. I have not unveiled this one to Brandon yet. Oh boy! I we were talking about this earlier, and I said I'm I'm gonna save it for the podcast. I'm gonna unpack it a little bit after I say it. Um, chicken parm overrated. Let that sit there Let for that, a second. Yeah, I mean, I don't even... Chicken parm overrated. And here's my reasoning. I think that it's it's something that I if you're going to an Italian restaurant and you order chicken parm, it's kind of a cop-out. It's kind of like I don't really want to take a chance. I'm going to go with what I know. I'm gonna just going to order chicken parm. You're not really taking any risks. You're playing it safe. You're taking the three-yard pass when it's third and 20. Yeah, if you're going you know, to a really good Italian restaurant and you order the chicken parm, it's like, eh. it's also not authentic to Italy It's not authentic. Yeah. We, we've, you know, not that that really matters, but right. it does matter a little bit. We, we both have been to Italy in our lives, and we know that it's it's not served there. You're not going to find chicken parm <laughs> right, there, right. which is not like, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not, um, I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, Americanized things that are great, but... I, I just, and I, and here's the other thing about chicken parm. I think it's got a little bit of a degree of difficulty where I've had a lot of chicken parms that are not that good. Yeah. No. I, I, oh yeah, for sure. I like, mean, it needs to be like the perfect chicken where it can't be dry, but it can't be like too moist. It's got to have like the right amount of sauce, but the right, it can't be too cheesy. And then they got that side of pasta that's always like kind of thrown in there. That really doesn't serve any purpose. It's always way too much food. Way too much it's, food. You feel they, like crap afterwards. That's that's one thing I would agree with. Is right. That you definitely feel like crap after you eat chicken parm. Like, I don't feel great while I'm eating it. Like, it's like good for like two bites. I'm like, this is good chicken parm. And then it's like, it's it's done. Then you're suffering through the end right. of it. You usually, yeah, you need to like get up and like walk around the restaurant after right. you eat a chicken parm. If someone came up with like a chicken parm app that was like one piece with like a little pasta i'd be like all right it's a good app mm-hmm. um you know i and i've had good chicken parm like like uh you know jacqueline's maybe chicken parm that that's been excellent i feel like though a lot of the times when i'm at a restaurant it's either not that good or i want to get a little creative i can't remember the last time i ever ordered a chicken parm in a restaurant mm-hmm. and i'm gonna go as far as say like eggplant parm much better i would order an eggplant parm yeah i mean i think it's a little higher degree of it's a little bit different like for nicer restaurants i feel like they would nail a chicken parm a lot better right. than a like a or sorry an eggplant parm rather than the chicken parm um but i don't really feel strongly i i don't have a problem with it so i don't okay. it's not something i react strongly to like okay. I, I i kind of like i don't know i just assume that people kind of know that chicken parm like when you're going to a, like a mid-tier italian restaurant it's okay to order chicken parm if it's going to serve it serves a purpose but i would never order it at a nice italian restaurant unless they're known for it there's a couple like I mean in veal parm I would always order over chicken oh um, all day all day so like yeah I would never order it if it's 
if it's compared to a veal parm. I would always right. go veal parm because it just has more flavor. Oh yeah, that's a that's a and if it's on the bone, even better. Oh, I mean, veal parm on the bone can be. I mean, bone and yeah, that can be that's, amazing. It's that's a next level. So yeah, so that's my that's my controversial take. Um, it's not like super controversial, but I do feel like there are a lot of people who love chicken parm. I've just never really understood like why people are ordering this at restaurants. I don't really get it. Go, you know, take a little bit of a risk. Get the gnocchi with mushroom. Yeah, like, people like know. staying in their comfort zones. Yeah, you know, try something yeah. different. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my controversial take. So do you? Yeah, I feel like I don't have a strong one, but I'm going to just say it. Okay. Um, I'm not a huge fan of cooked salmon on a oh. menu, just in general. I actually had it last night. Like, I just don't, it doesn't do it for me. Okay. It, unless it's like a salmon teriyaki, I just think it's like the chicken of fish. I will say that it's not like the most, you know, I'm not. There are only a few places where I've had it where I'm like, that's a great right. grilled it's, salmon. It's hard to like walk out of it. When you order salmon, it's hard to walk out of the restaurant and be like, wow, that was a really, really good salmon. Unless like it's a really freaking good salmon. You know, like right. it's got to be cooked perfectly. And also, I would rather have raw salmon. I think that's okay. also a, t- a take that I have is salmon and tuna much better in my opinion raw like i i would i i would rather have them raw than cooked oh yeah i don't disagree with that i think especially with tuna cooked tuna eh. i mean i guess tuna salad tuna salad yeah that's pretty good but like you know the seared tuna i don't like usually get um i'd rather just have the i'd just rather you know have tuna raw um i don't think that's a horrible take i mean i you know i i love salmon but um I don't really, yeah. I mean, it's not. You really do have to spice it it's up. It's almost a like bit. I pre- I've been pretending to love salmon my whole life. I feel like I've, I, I, wow. I, I yeah. It's like really. I deep. feel like this is like food therapy. This right is now. food therapy. So like, you know, what have you? How do you feel about the salmon? <laughs> I mean, it just, I, I don't know. I, there's something about it that just, I, I know, I know people listening might be like offended by that. Um, I know Lundy, Lundy Beats. He is he a big salmon guy? Big sa- cook salmon all the time. Okay. Maybe that got me out of it. I like yeah. hear, seeing him cook wow, salmon. Jeff, all the time. you've ruined you've ruined salmon. You've ruined for salmon for Brandon. Yeah. Um, no, just give me cooks the uncooked. Give me the raw, the, the sushi grade salmon. That that's what I'm looking for. But yeah, but you also like can't buy salmon and then no. be like, no, just give it to me. Just just yeah. I'm good. Yeah. As I is. just eat it right out. <laughs> no, I go right to Whole Foods up. and just yeah. just like snack on it on my you way home. You can't just be like, no, I'm good. Don't put it in the oven. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. Oh, that definitely. Would be a that's, wild move. That's wild. But can you imagine just bringing home salmon and having someone be like, no, sashimi? I'm gonna cut this up. Like that's like those like video, those photos of like the the raw chicken and like people like have oh. like serving it like searing chicken. And oh like, and god I know, that's that, like scares that, me. that that's like you're probably gonna die yeah that's that. that's scary. natural selection yeah that's yeah, yeah like weeding them out yeah weeding them out yeah. but um all right that's a good i you know that's a good uh that's a so good that'll take. be our yeah that'll okay so that controversial food take that'll that that won't be a, a weekly thing but that'll nope. just be not a weekly thing like a food news that's like food right because we, we've been seeing a lot of and the, no the, we didn't even talk about the one the thing that set off the whole firestorm around it that like david chang responded to like oh uh, yes so Indian food is terrible yes that actually is how i saw the tweet is i followed david chang as i you guys probably figured that after i've mentioned his podcast three four times and he responded someone had responded to the tweet saying indian food is terrible and david chang responded to that guy saying you are a fucking idiot yeah which i mean i'm not like a big indian food fan but like to say the whole 
it's all terrible. That, it's it's a wild move. I mean, that dude clearly hasn't given it a chance. Right. I mean, I am dipping my toe into the Indian cuisine and uh i I definitely want to explore it more but you can't make a generalization like that yeah i would never do that you can't Um, just call you can say you don't like it but you don't have to call it terrible we're just no he said it's terrible and we're pretending we're (laughs) pretending to like it oh yeah that's right that was the second part is that we all pretend to like it first of all i'm not even really sure a lot of people pretend no it's actually like i think it's it's pretty divisive everyone yeah oh for sure like i think that i normally i just hear people say i don't eat indian food Right. Um, you know, and I'm not like a needing food fan, but I would never go around telling people like, no, 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 it's all terrible. Mm-hmm. Like you've never, how can you possibly have tried it all? Right. Exactly. Um, okay. So yeah, so that was our, uh, food news. Well, in, you know, in the, in the coming weeks we'll be, you know, sort of talking about maybe like, uh, um, something that happens with a chef or a restaurant or opening, closing, anything we see in the news, you know, something going viral like that, uh, we'll devote a, a segment to. So, that was our food news of the week. All right. So now the moment that everyone's been waiting for, spicy take segment. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it, not go on too long, but right. spicy, spicy food, spicy take segment. We're talking about making food substitution. So Mike, explain this one. Cause I, I this, just explain what, what, what the genesis of this take. Was. Okay. So thinking about spicy takes this week, last week, obviously we had um, the sending food back one. Um, and I came across a, um, article about, um, Grant Ackett's who we mentioned last week. He's the chef at a restaurant in Chicago, Alinea. Um, he was talking about, um, how he had a diner who was allergic to dairy and notified the restaurant that he was allergic to dairy and Grant Ackett's in his kitchen made very um, made sure that they were watching every plate that went to that diner, making sure that no dairy was on the plate or was near anything. And the diner still got sick. So Grant Ackett's um, came out uh, just recently and said he's done with substitutions. No substitutions. Don't go to his restaurant if and he didn't say that in that harsh of a terms. Don't go to his restaurant, but. He was more just saying, like, at what point do substitutions go too far? You know, you've done everything you can do, and the guy still gets sick. It's kind of an unfortunate situation, but it, it made me think, okay, what's – I think this is like a jumping-off point for our topic this week, our spicy take, is, you know, at what point is it too much with the substitutions? And do restaurants have a right to say no substitutions? You get it as is, and also, you know, at what point – is it just sort of you're paying for the dish as is? Like you're not supposed to make any substitutions because that's not really the way the restaurant intended to serve the dish. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What's your like preliminary thoughts on that? Yeah, I know we've talked about this. I, I think if you're going to one of the restaurants where the chef is kind of the star of the sh- restaurant, where right. you're, you're, you're going to the restaurant for the chef, like it's almost like going, like we said last week, going to a Broadway show um, and you're, you're really taking it for what it is. And I, I just, I believe that, you you know well beforehand what the what what like what you kind of are in the hands of the chef at that point i think that right there can be situations where if you give them enough heads up like and, and it's something like like something minor but not like you you can't cross contaminate like that's almost like i think at that point you're i don't blame like someone like grant ackett's to to put his foot down on that um, but if there's like a certain menu for, you know, vegetarian menu, like that's a little bit, those types of accommodations are, are definitely more acceptable in those settings. But right. 
But in general, I just think like there's going to be a time and there's a time and a place in a restaurant to go to for that type of customization. Like if you really, you know, like going to like a mid tier, like solid restaurant, I don't know, like you, you, you can maybe get a little more flexible on, on like last minute substitutions or last minute switch switches. Like, um, I, I think that's where, where it's more acceptable, but when you're going to a fine, fine dining place, you got to almost, it's, it just like we were talking about, like it, it, it changes the dish where like, they're not putting out their best dish. Right. And you know, you go to a restaurant like Alinea where you're really paying for what they're executing in the kitchen. You know, like, every, you know, they are spending so much time putting together every piece of this certain dish. And then you make a substitution to it, and it's really not like what they intended. And let's say you have a bad dining experience, you know, n- n- you know, never mind an allergy experience. But let's say you just don't like the food. Well, you didn't really have the food that they intended to serve you. Mm-hmm. So I'm of this, I have the take that I think it's, I think you just got to know time and place. I think that there's for a, for a lot of restaurants, um, sort of the mid tier to sort of a nice restaurant. I think substitutions are fine. I think restaurants always want to put their customers first. Um, I know for the 90th time we're going to mention Danny Meyer, you know, he's always all about hospitality and he's all about customers always right. And you give the customers what they, we want the customers to have a great experience and substitutions are no problem. But I kind of respect certain chefs just saying, you know, this is not really what I cooked for you. So this is, you know, the the item is on the menu for a particular reason. And that's that. I I think it, it, it's, I respect it a lot just in terms, like having both ends of the spectrum. Like I I think that it's the right of the chef to make those decisions. Like it's, it's not obviously going to be adopted for every single restaurant. And I wouldn't want that. You want to have some restaurants that have flexibility, but if it's like going to a, we said going to a Broadway show and you're not going to be in the audience being like, I don't really, it's a little too loud for me. Right. You guys turn down the music. Yeah. Can they just stop at these songs? Right. So, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into and, but at the same time, there is, there are going to, like, I want there, there's going to be the Danny Myers of the world that, you know, hospitality isn't really important. And, and that, that ex- should exist as well. Like, I, I don't think that it needs to be one or the other. It's not like all the way one way or all the way the other way. I think having an ecosystem of restaurants that have both, both options available. I just don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be pissed at a chef if they made like doing what Grain Atkins does. Like it makes sense to me. Right. And doesn't it kind of like, you know, you ever go to a restaurant where they don't, where you ask like, can you do this instead of this? And they say, no, it kind of like, you know, it kind of sullies the experience a little bit. Like you're kind of like, oh, okay, no, we can't do the broccoli in the side. We got to do spinach. Like, I don't know. I almost feel like bad that we even have a negative opinion of a restaurant for that reason. Yeah. And, it's for me it's almost two different conversations because we're talking about allergies versus like customizations like right like the allergies thing i i totally empathetic towards people that have those allergies and they don't have and you don't want to be alienated when you go to a restaurant like i I get that right and you want to be able to experience the same you know someone with a gluten allergy should be able to experience the same restaurant as someone that doesn't have a gluten allergy right but i'm just talking about the real i'm more into the modifications element yeah like if you like can you yeah adding like salmon to the top of a salad or like that's i mean or well, that's that's not you're okay. bad you're okay with I'm, that. oh i'm okay with that because that doesn't really you know i feel like it's sort of accepted at that point that you are changing the salad 
like especially with a Caesar, like a Caesar is just yeah, a Caesar. and it's also a time and a place thing. Like if a you're going to place. like yeah, if you're going to like yeah, if 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 that's really on the table, like that's I have no problem. I don't have any problem with that. But but with yeah, with certain things where you're sw- like swapping out, like even sauces, like right. can you go like lighter on the sauce or something? Like I I I just I I just think like like you said the. The idea of going to a restaurant is getting the chefs to put out the product that they believe in the most and they believe is like the perfect combination of all the ingredients that they put on that plate. So right. you're just that's just my philosophy that I would never want to make a customization because then you're throwing off the balance of everything. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm a very trusting chef person. So that's, you know, when I'm going to a restaurant, I'm, I'm trusting like when they ask, how do you want it cooked like a fish? Yeah. I'm always just like whatever, you, yeah, right. whatever they, whatever the chef is recommends, pretty much. Like that, that's my thing. I feel like they're now better about telling you like, oh, the chef recommends yeah. this, right? And you usually don't try to go against it, right? It's like that's a ballsy move, too. like, like yeah. When you order tuna, you're not going to be like, I actually no, want it like well cook done. that all the way. Yeah, no, all cook. the way. I don't want any red in there. Like <laughs> no red in that tuna. No, that's yeah. um no. Usually you don't do that. Um yeah, that's sort of that's my opinion too. I just thought it was an interesting, you know. Uh, d- interesting debate about whether um, you know a restaurant does have the right to say no. You know, I think it, they always do. I mean, right? I, I just think it's always the right of the restaurant. It, it maybe if they make it a little bit more clear in how they present themselves to the public, whether that's on their website or um, on the menu itself, right. um, setting expectations properly. Like if if you're going into a restaurant and you know that you know there's no substitutions here, or if they have a separate menu for certain things, you want to kind of know that going in and when you, if, when, if you're in an allergy i would just expect that you would do a little bit of homework before you go to a restaurant right knowing like what is going to be served to me and what's available right and it's also like you know it is it, it's also dependent on the restaurant i'm not trying to ever like hear an applebee's say oh no the chef wants the burger prepared medium well <laughs> it's like you're i mean it's an applebee's like why is there like a is there like a star chef working tonight like that you know i don't know yeah, if i'm ever a buying in a that. place thing time in a place yeah. applebee's you, know, you better <laughs> cook me whatever i don't want i don't want to ever hear like a waiter or a waitress say that like that's like you know yeah, oh yeah, no yeah. the chef prepared it yeah that. it's like you know you just like got it from our chili lime chicken yeah is, right it's, yeah like it's, right i mean most of the time everywhere in the world yeah i mean that's that probably should never be said um so yeah time and a place and um and then that's sort of uh i thought that was a i thought that'd be an interesting thing to talk about in light of that grant ackett's uh stuff so yeah if you're going to alinea maybe don't you know have yeah, there's a good future reference. If you yeah. are going to like the best restaurant in the world, don't really. It's probably not a good look to like yeah, ask don't, for customizations at that. Don't ask for salmon on the salad. Yeah, exactly. If they're serving Can I it. Have if it the salmon them? presented to me in a flower that blooms and on yeah, the table. Right. Like, if they've spent like 90 <laughs> hours like crafting right. a dish, don't ask them to maybe hold the broccoli. Right, exactly. Hold the broccoli. Yeah. So okay. So that's um, that's our spicy takes. We'll have another spicy take next week. Um, and we'll have a lot more to talk about after this upcoming week with Thanksgiving coming up. Everyone, you know, en- enjoy the time with the fam. Yeah, go eat some good food. Hopefully, what, you know, what, any good football in... games on Thursday? Uh, Buffalo Dallas. That's, uh, that's not too bad. I mean, Buffalo might be a little overrated for at this Patriots, point. You, yeah, you to, yeah, it'd be yeah, nice if Buffalo lost. Dallas. It's always good, even if, like, the, I mean, you know, we have to watch the Lions you know, every year. That's, every year. Yeah. Ugh. Lions. God, they shout can't out switch Michigan them out. Crew. Yeah, shout out to the Michigan crew for suffering, suffering through any Lions Chad games. Jordan Vick. Oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, so uh, hopefully everybody's in good hands, you know, wherever they're eating. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and then yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Talk about the cornbread from this week. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.